Welcome to Mosaic's Portable Talks podcast series, Listening to God, where I get to sit down with family, friends, and mentors, people who are in the thick of following Jesus and embodying His kingdom and justice in their own context. And I get to ask them about how they experience the presence of God and how they pray. At Mosaic, we believe Creator God, Jesus Christ, is present and speaking always and in many ways. Some of those ways may feel like absence and silence. And we also believe that Creator God, Jesus Christ, is always drawing us deeper into the mystery and reality of His presence. I hope the conversations in this series will deepen your confidence that it is possible for you to experience God and hear Him speak to you. I also hope they provoke you to explore new faithful experiences of prayer, and I hope they stoke your desire to draw near to God's presence in Jesus Christ, which, like a fire, can warm, give light, and transform that which it touches. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Aaron Oxford, the pastor and executive director of the Dale Ministries in Toronto, a community that seeks to be welcoming to all while empowering at their core people who often are not welcome, those who are experiencing poverty of spirit or space. At the Dale, their drop-in programs and outreach are run by community members of all backgrounds and ability for the community. They believe in coming as we are, creating a space where people are safe to ask hard questions, praying together, encouraging each other, sharing meals, and celebrating. The Dale is built on the belief that Jesus was and is real, and they believe in and seek to be transformed by God's hope, grace, and peace. The Dale has no building. All of their programming happens in partnership with local organizations and outside on the street. They have few belongings and endeavor to share what they have. You're going to hear Erin share about her early experiences of relating to God and about what prayer looks like in her community now and in her own life. Her words that prayer in her community is often quite bare and that sometimes those gathered around praying for one another are already God's answer to our prayers. Those words have stayed with me. I hope this conversation touches you and stays with you. Welcome. Uh, this is a, a real joy to be with you, Aaron, today and with those of you who are listening. Um, I'm here talking with my wife Kimberly's cousin, Aaron Oxford. And uh, Aaron lives in Toronto. And Aaron, I'm just wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and the work that you do. Definitely. Well, first of all, it's so nice to be here talking to you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my name is Aaron. I was born and raised in Toronto, uh, which has remained my home uh, throughout my life. I love, I'm a lover of music. For a long time, I thought that was what I was going to pursue. And then life got sort of turned upside down. And I found myself instead going to Bible college, not certain about what that would mean, uh, but I had a strong sense at the time that it was where I needed to be. And it was during that experience that I was introduced to uh, the idea of journeying alongside people who are well acquainted with poverty and uh, many of the resulting issues around that. Uh, and so 
my my whole adult life, I've spent doing just that, uh, working mm-hmm. alongside people who are quite marginalized for a variety of reasons. I met my husband uh, while in school, so I've been married to Dion uh, for mm-hmm. 23 years. Just, hey. Hey, I know. That seems like a big number to me that I'm yep. <laughs> still wrapping my head around. We have a daughter named Kate who is now an adult herself and studying at Ryerson uh, in a photography program. And uh, since 2007, I have worked in a West End neighborhood in Toronto uh, named Parkdale, where uh, I now am the executive director and pastor of a place called the Dale Ministries, uh, which I imagine we'll uh, talk about today uh, to some degree. And at the Dale, we are intentionally placing right at our core those who often are not there, who are kept in the margins, while welcoming all people, just making intentional space for those who often aren't at the core. Uh, And of course, right now with COVID, things look very different for us, but we remain committed to being present in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a bit about me. That's great. Thank you. So um, we are... Uh, seeking to learn uh, from folks like you about how the experience of God's presence and 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 the experience of prayer, um, ha- like how how you've grown in it, what what that's meant for you throughout your life, and and how that shapes you today. Um, and I'm just thinking about people in our context who are maybe new to the experience of listening to God or experiencing God's presence. And I was just wondering if you could. Um, Maybe share a couple of stories about how did you learn to pray and, and to to experience God's presence um, at the beginning of that kind of that part of your journey. Hmm. Well, the beginning of my journey started fairly young. Hmm. My mother became um, came to faith when I was about four or five years old, and that was quite a dramatic uh, conversion, I would say, for her. She would describe it as having really moved from darkness into this new light. And she was so excited. And I remember that excitement. And I also have a very vivid memory of being at the church that would become our home church for quite a long time. And it, it wasn't in a traditional church building. It was, you know, this rented space in an apartment building. And I remember standing on the chair because I couldn't see the front uh, if I wasn't on the chair because I was so small. And having this experience of wanting to, like feeling very drawn in and somehow wanting to know God. And I can't explain it other than that. Like it was... This, it was almost, it was nothing I was in control of. It didn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. It felt like God was speaking to me really somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would say that my mother was uh, a very important piece of my own faith journey. She invited me to see prayer as a conversation, Mm -hmm. that it, 
that it was an opportunity for for me to speak out loud to God, but to also mm-hmm. uh, learn how to listen, which I don't know that that came easily, but it was something that was instilled in me from the very beginning. Uh, wow. And so that was that's been really important, and I know that that's been very important in the way that we talk about and experience prayer now at the Dale, mm. where for many people in the community, prayer, they, they don't understand what it really means to pray. They might yeah. want to, but they don't really get it. And mm. so the practice that we've done at the Dale is to begin our time of worship always actually with a, a time of quiet, so we we mark the beginning of that time with a bell and then again at the end. And I always say this is an opportunity for us to just begin even to slow ourselves down. <laughs> even if the space that we're creating is not entirely quiet, that's okay. Because it's there's something internally that we're trying to quiet right now. Maybe acknowledge yeah. what's going on both hard and good in our lives. And that in doing so, we can collectively begin to turn our eyes toward God. And then we always do talk about it as a conversation. And uh, I've learned so much about prayer through the community at the Dale, about what it looks like to speak to God very honestly. Uh, There's a real, uh, it's quite bare I'll say (laughs) the way that people share about there's an honesty to it that has taught me a lot about what it means to be honest before God, Mm -hmm. Uh, not holding much back. Um, So that's been pivotal for me. I would say along like between that very young experience and what I'm now experiencing today, Mm -hmm. I've had Mm -hmm. people in my life uh, encourage me to, to journal So Mm -hmm. write out my prayers. I've Mm -hmm. had people encourage me to know that it doesn't always require words, that there are times when we might not have any idea how to articulate what is going on in us Mm -hmm. or what we need or what we want or what we desire, and that Mm -hmm. there's something very important about, again, stilling ourselves and trusting that the Spirit will speak on our behalf. Mm-hmm. That we don't always know, we, d- we don't have to know what to do always in order for prayer to happen. And that's been quite freeing to realize that, you know, it's not, there isn't a set of rules that are in place that mean, like, if you do A, B, C, and D, <laughs> that you're mm-hmm. absolutely going to hear the voice of God or or right. know what to say. But that there's yeah. this that the spirit it, it re- is active in doing things on our, for us as well, mm-hmm. which has been mm-hmm. really important. Um, and I know that for me, prayer, there's some of my experience is that I feel mm-hmm. almost like I'm incessantly praying and it can be exhausting <laughs> that things are like, I'm, my brain is just going, my heart is beating and, yeah. <laughs> And I can't stop, I can't help but cry out to God, uh, mm-hmm. especially in many of the hard things that I've experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. And that in that, I know that I'm safe to do that, 
And it's been a real challenge for me to sit in the quiet and try to hear that simply that I'm beloved Mm. by God. Mm -hmm. So it's required a lot of uh, sort of stretching that muscle, (laughs) I'll say. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So the sort of solitude and quiet muscle, that hasn't always been the easiest part for me, but I've found that when I do exercise that, that it's, it, it really changes my experience of prayer. Mm. I'm very curious if you could give us a bit more of like, um, so the, like hearing you reflect that the, the experience of solitude, or the practice, I should say, of solitude and silence doesn't come naturally. It's like a muscle you have to flex, but it something happens for you when you flex that muscle or when you go after that practice. Um, what, um, what, what changes? What happens for you? Well, I I think some of it is that I can fill up the space easily with my own voice. Yeah. Right? That incessant praying that I'm talking about is a lot of me talking (laughs) out Mm -hmm. loud, uh, trying to process things. And and that's important. Uh, Mm -hmm. The silence and the solitude, I think, invites me to quiet myself and begin to listen Mm. to what God might be speaking or saying or moving in me, like back to me through that prayer. So it, it, instead of it being this one way thing where it's just me (laughs) sort of lodging things at God, it's, Mm -hmm. it is more of a conversation. Yeah. I think that's what happens in me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not always straightforward or easy, no. but it, yeah, it's like it creates this space yeah. for the, for the spirit to, for me to be more, I, I think that I often say I, I want to learn about knowing that God is present with me always like that. Yeah. That, that's just true. There's no escaping God in that way. I think that God is. And so, yeah, attuning myself to that presence, though, is what happens when I'm quiet. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I am acquainted with that struggle, like the um, both the value and the, the challenge of cultivating those spaces of silence and solitude and and bringing the the fullness of my own inner chaos to God and the chaos of the world. And then, and, and trusting that something will happen. And, and yeah, I I feel that. I mean, I, the ways in which God does create space inside of us. And, and I think, so, so this, this kind of leads me to another question, I guess, but I think for, um, So I remember years back when I was um, uh, probably my 
early 20s. Um, a lot of folks were encouraging me to, to like keep a prayer journal, right? So you like keep the names of the people that you're praying for, ask what do you ask God for, and then uh, so you keep your list of requests, and then how did God answer? And so there was this real emphasis on on learning to pray in a way that was like to see God move, maybe, right? To see God change circumstances, to see his activity. And the the folks that that taught me how to listen to God and to start with listening were teaching me something really new. And I often felt like I can remember um, times of intense intercession. Maybe I'd be praying through those lists, asking God to do stuff where I felt like I was in God's presence and that he was hearing me and that there was something really good about that. And then when it shifted over to learning to be, to listen to God, and it was much more open-ended and, and the, the process of like learning to still my inner or then outer dial, my, 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 mon, my monologue, I guess, right? And being and like shutting that down and saying, okay, God, like I'm here to, to listen to you. Sometimes was disorienting and confusing uh, for me. Um, so I'm curious in, in your experience, since, since, your, like your mom and, and I imagine other folks in your early experience instilled this value of listening to God and having a conversation with God. Um, what were some of the, what were some of those, I don't know what the right word is. It's like, like what are some of those kind of experiences that are indicators of consolation for you or like the things that like, when you know that you're actually like experiencing God and not just kind of reaching for your own, um, your own kind of self fabrication. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a, (laughs) that's a good question. (laughs) Well, I think I've, so what is true of my life, and I know this is true of like, n- none of our lives are entirely easy, right? <laughs> Some to a greater degree than others. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think that what I've learned over the course of many years is that, you know, I can pray th- for a list of things that I would long for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly true in, you know, my mother spent years, uh, with significant illness and we were longing for healing, Absolutely. right? And the same is actually true of my husband, Dion. Yeah. He has been ill for as long as we've been married and, yeah. uh, we've gone again and again asking for a variety of things. And, and so I've learned over the years that I don't, if it's, if my requests aren't answered in exactly the way that I had hoped, <laughs> mm-hmm. that it doesn't mean that there's a lack of presence of God. Mm. That, you know, healing for my mom and healing for Dion and for many of the people in my community often looks quite different than I might expect or want it to. <laughs> and that's true of things in my own life, my own challenges and things that I've gone to God with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that has, 
I think that's helped hmm, uh, exercise that muscle too. <laughs> um, you know, trying to to lean into God's presence in a way that it's not just about. I think that we can go to God with anything. My mom taught me that all the time too. She would say, absolutely go to God with anything and everything. That is part of the conversation. And where do you see God in the places that, you know, in, in the unexpected places, in the seemingly unanswered prayers, which Mm -hmm. maybe have been answered in a different way. Uh, Where do you see healing? Um, and so maybe it's not physical. My, my mom would say this all the time, that she didn't experience physical healing in the way that she may have hoped, but she certainly experienced healing in a variety of other ways, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's been a, I'm not sure if that's answering your question, but I was, when you were saying that, like that, that mm-hmm. move from sort of keeping a list, mm-hmm. because I think that when we, when we do that, what can often coincide with that is this um, understanding that if, if we don't see the answers to prayer in the way that we may have hoped, <laughs> um, that that means that God is not active. My experience is that it doesn't mean that. And so I'm being challenged to look at the ways that God is, is constantly active. Yes. And that can be uncomfortable and certainly not always what we want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be, I'm more and more discovering the comfort in that too. Mm. How so? Well, that God is... I'm not God. <laughs> I know that's shocking for you. <laughs> you know? But it's so easy. I think we put ourselves in that place, right? Where we... Yeah. I find myself thinking also right now about the idea of Sabbath and the way that God invites us into rest and mm-hmm. and the challenge that that can be for many of us, right? That Yes instead of receiving it as the gift that I think God intends it to be for us, we think, well, how can we stop? Like, if we don't do this, then what's going to happen? Everything is going to fall apart. And one of the gifts of Sabbath is that we learn that we are not God and that it creates this space for God to move in ways that are so beyond anything we can imagine. Um, And so that has nurtured a different type of faith in me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't ever... I think that faith is... I often say it's messy and beautiful. <laughs> and part of the beauty is the mess. Yeah, true. True. I feel that. Yeah, as, as I'm listening to you, my mind is going to... Um, like really obvious connections to what this kind of prayer, not just this kind of prayer, but like, like these realities of living with God, what that means for ministry life. Right. Um, and what it means for church life, because, um, so, so I, would you be able to share a little bit about how, 
the things that you've just shared about um, bringing these these deep longings for physical healing, wholeness um, to God, and then seeing that He's still at work healing, but maybe not in the way that we expected. That kind of stuff. How does how does that connect with your experience as um, a minister in, in the beautiful Dale community? I, I, I find myself talking about this a lot, actually, and, uh-huh. and recently, too, that I see at work the Beatitudes okay. at the jail. So this idea that we are, there is blessing in when we mourn. There's blessing when we uh, are hungry, when we seek peace, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm that uh, the Dale teaches me constantly about that, actually. Uh, because, again, you know, I'm, I'm a part of a community where uh, we, we talk a lot about our collective broken humanity, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I want to support and urge people to share um, vulnerably and about their brokenness, my own brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the Beatitudes reveal to me again and again that there is not an absence of God in the very hard things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that that's the only place God is found. Um, it's <laughs> just that, you know, I think <laughs> that, yeah, that we we often think that God is, there's an absence of God in the in the hardest things in life. And what I'm learning is that that's not true, that God is absolutely present in this and in those things that we're so full of gratitude for and, you know, standing on the mountaintop (laughs) praising God for. Totally right. Uh, So I think that's been really important, um, that we can kind of sit in that together as a community, that... Uh, we really do want to create a safe enough space anyway for people to come as they are with whatever is going on in their lives. And that we also want to celebrate sort of the little wins along the way, right? Like the the answers to prayer that uh, we might almost miss or take for granted because they're about getting through, you know, the next step that's ahead of us or yeah. whatever, you know, like I, I have so many friends who are dealing with really significant um, addictions. I think that we all f- face addiction yes. in our yes, own way. Man. Right. Yes. Um, for those though, that it, it's almost overwhelming in this, it, it's never not a part of their everyday life. You know, if mm-hmm. they get through an hour where they're not using <laughs> then that is to be celebrated. And that as we journey together as a community, that we really are on this journey toward deeper wholeness in Christ uh, Mm -hmm. with a whole lot of answers to prayer along the way. So holding, like clinging to those things has been really important. And learning to cling also to the gratitude that we have for, again, things that, you know, I'm challenged often by the Dale to not take for granted those things that are 
maybe for me, easy to take for granted. Um, And so really developing gratitude for the little answer to prayer or to the fact that as a community we're drawing together and surrounding, you know, whoever our friend might be in their struggle, that that's actually part of being an answer to the prayer that we're uttering. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. we're we're active participants mm-hmm. in the work of God as image bearers and his hands and feet right here. So I get challenged in all kinds of ways. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, so much of what you're sharing resonates with my own experience at Mosaic, um, where we, yeah, where there's there's often these times where we're crying out to God in situations that feel immovable or feel like they're just part like they're just long term places where people are suffering, right? And and then there's these glimmers of light. But the spirit is so alive in the community, as, as you're saying, like, I love, you said, like, as we're praying, there's a, like, that is an acting in answer to the prayer that we are praying. Like, that's, that's a beautiful reality. Thank you so much for this. I am so thankful for this time with you. You shared with us today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what a gift.